This is Profit from the Inside with Joel Block. Insights to give your business the inside track. And now, here's your host, Joel Block. Because we can't get enough people to fill our chairs, and people don't even want to come to work anyway, we're worried about hiring mediocre people just for the sake of hiring them, especially for sales and marketing. What great alternative can we employ to ramp up our lead gen, our appointment confirmations, and our welcome or follow-up calls? To answer those questions, Brian Podlack. Brian, welcome to the show. Thank you, Joel. Appreciate you having me. Hey, so you are, uh, actually, you're like a startup of the year winner. Say you're like a contest, something they awarded you uh, for starting up this new deal. Absolutely. A little selfish plug there. But yeah, absolutely. We got a tech uh, company of the year for the state of Florida for Startup City. Yep. Awesome. And uh, and actually, in, uh, we're not really so much talking about the startup part, but you actually are like in the throes now of going public, I understand. Correct. Correct. Uh, we're moving up very quickly. We signed with Alexander Capital and uh, NASDAQ IPO is next steps, probably nine, 10 months from now. But yeah, it's on its way. That, that is uh, that is amazingly exciting. And I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you to hear that. It's uh, it's awesome to take that step. It's big. So let's talk about the uh, the technology. Let's talk about what you're doing. Maybe we'll get into why you're going public or what that all looks like. But uh, I, I think your technology is very exciting. It, it sort of falls into the bucket that our trend report talks about is power tools and fish finders, you know, where we use AI based tools to uh, help us do better than our competitors. And you have one of those. So I have just, another just, tool in the toolbox. Absolutely. <laughs> I love this. So just tell us what it is and, and, you know, we'll go from there. Yeah. It's actually the first of its kind to, to our knowledge, nobody else has this technology today, which is a turnkey pre-sales solution. So basically, if you were doing sales and you had a fronter closer model where a fronter calls the lead, asks, let's say, five to seven questions to pre-qualify an individual and then transfer them to the appropriate sales rep, we do that with AI today. Sounds like a human, truly conversational. And when I mean conversational, if you ask it like, how are you? And instead of just hearing goodbye and hello and, you know, I'm great, I'm bad. If you actually ask it, you know, how are you? And the customer would reply, I'm good. How are you? The AI will reply, I'm great. Thank you for asking. It's to that you know, degree. It'll be great. You know, it's time for the AI to say something more realistic, like, you know what? I'm, I'm having kind of a crummy day. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And we're going to make that day much better, right? But you know what? Because of you, I'm feeling a little better already. You know, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, wouldn't it be fun for the thing to do something like that? We have a lot of fun things in there. You know, some would call them Easter eggs because uh, some people are, are used to different AIs or robo dialers. So you'll have clients say things like, hey, can you say potato? And we have answers to that. Are you an AI? And we have answers to that. You know, are you a robot? And, and we're always adding more, literally on a daily basis, based on all the conversations that we're having. Well, it, it, it sounds to me like this is kind of what we're all going to get used to in the future, that there's Absolutely. going to be a lot more of this. Absolutely. And one of the greatest things about this is you don't have to hire five or 10 engineers to get a framework and develop it yourself. Literally, with just some scripts, rebuttals, and a few hundred recordings, and a couple of weeks' time, we have an AI up and running that we could run for 500 or 1,000 calls for clients risk-free to test the latest technology. And so, we've only so let lost me, one client so far. So let me, let me just, uh, so just, just to summarize what I think you're saying this is, it's sort of like a, uh, you're licensing software that substitutes as a call center inside of a company's own operation. And it's all based go. on AI with no people. Think of virtual agents. If you have 10 agents there, pick your 10 virtual AI ag- agents doing those calls. 
eight hours a day with no breaks and no lunches. All right. So the first thing that uh, you're going to have to convince uh, people, me, including, uh, are these virtual agents really as good as people, better than people? I mean, uh, tell me, how do they fall? So here's what I like to say. You know, if you hire a salesperson for yourself, and they're brand new to your industry. They don't know anything, but they're a good salesperson. They still have to learn, right? So maybe there's a day or two of training. Maybe there's two or three days of sitting next to your professionals, listening and eavesdropping, and we call that shadowing. But then they start making their own calls. And it takes, what, one to three months to get good, you, you know, typically. And then, you know, three months to a year to maybe get great. Well, we speed that up by using three to 500 recordings to train our AI. So our AI week one is like you're a human being 90 days. Now, what makes it very unique is let's say you had 100 people on the phone. Let's say your top 10% of your amazing rock stars usually have 70% keeping their jobs. You have 20% you're churning and burning, trying to replace. We like to say we're in that 70%. We'll probably never get to that 10, but now you don't have to churn and burn the other 20%. The AI can happen. So basically, we're as good as 90% of your floor, but your top 10% experts, of course, will outsell the AI. Well, I wonder if the AI is doing a good job of screening and what you call the front, you know, just kind of finding the prospects and kind of uh, qualifying them. I wonder if some of those really good 10% people wouldn't move over and then become closers uh, on, the, on the back end. Instead. Well, 100%. That's exactly what they do. So uh, usually for about every 25 AI agents, you need one human agent in case the AI gets stuck and maybe ask a question it doesn't know. And we want to have the best customer experience possible. So as soon as it gets stuck or has a question it doesn't know, best practices is to transfer it to a human agent to answer the question, handle the client. But we listened and we learned, so we'll never have to ask that question again. That's what makes the system unique. And that's exactly what happens. Now that physical real estate you had that maybe was 25, 50 seats fronting becomes 25, 50 people that are now closing. Yeah, that's, this is pretty amazing. I mean, uh, I've used some of these auto dialer systems, you know, where we're I have to do the talking and they, they dial or I did that many, many years ago. And, sure. you know, it's kind of evolved. So this is kind of like generation number one, version one. You know, what do you think generation number two or number three is going to look like? And you guys will be be leading the pack. I mean, what, do you, what what's on the what's on the deck for later? Well, so we we created a proprietary brain that does sales. The only AI that's been trained 100 percent with thousands, tens of thousands of sales conversations, which makes it very unique. But we knew that even if we had this great system, that if we plugged it into our clients' phone systems and they made calls and all the calls said scam likely, they're not going to get anybody on the phone and it doesn't, there's no success. So we went an extra step and built our own proprietary AI uh, voice switch. So instead of predictive dialing, like the old days where basically if you call, nobody answers, wait three hours and call back, we use about 800 data points on determining when the best time to call people is. So even on how we dial and when we dial and handle the caller ID so it doesn't say scam likely and then goes to the AI, it's a turnkey solution. We don't need your VoIP. We don't need your caller IDs. We handle everything. All I need is a phone number to transfer the, the good prospects to when they say yes. How is, uh, how is the phone doing? I mean, the phone, it seems like, you know, listen, 30 years ago when you, you and I were young, uh, the phone was the way we did our business together. But now it's like there's the phone, there's the Instagram, you can LinkedIn message, you can do text, you can do this. That, I mean, there's a hundred different ways to communicate with people. The phone has kind of fallen out of favor. I mean, I still think it's the most powerful of all the tools, but how do you deal with that, that people don't answer their phones? So on our product roadmap, and we have been bait already, is our omni-channel. 
So we wanted to get the brain and doing the outbound sales first because A, we knew there was a huge need for it. Low-hanging fruit, turn on that revenue. It's a startup, you know, you got to get that revenue going. But then we said, okay, the way you and I talk when we're on the phone is different than if I email you or I text you or maybe I message you, let's say LinkedIn Messenger. So the brain has to also know how to talk in these different ways. So voice is working great. We're working on SMS email today. And probably by third quarter, we'll have LinkedIn and some of the other messengers because not everybody talks on the phone. Like you said, some people prefer text. Some people prefer email. And I'll give you another funny example. I got a couple of my prospects clients that I talk to that almost never reply to email. Won't answer my call, but on LinkedIn Messenger, they reply in five minutes. So it's also funny how do people prefer to communicate? Exactly. And you got to ask each person what they prefer. And that's that's sort of a preference as you get to know people and they become your uh, your customer. They kind of become part of your family or whatever, you know, however you think about it. But doesn't LinkedIn prohibit uh, automation on their platform? They sure do. They sure do. So, so we have so to be very how, cautious on how we get through that, right? So how do you have a mechanism for uh, applying some of your techniques in, without violating their rules? We're, we're, uh, we have our compliance officer going through that right now. We have the technology figured out. Now we got to figure out the compliance because obviously we never want to break any uh, company's terms and services. Same with SMS and email. We have TCPA regulations we have to consider when we're doing voice. So there's a lot of rules and regulations behind the scenes that we're getting through. And that's why LinkedIn's a little further down the path and email and email and SMS is right on, on the front end. But also, you know, WhatsApp Messenger, Facebook, Instagram, like all of these messaging things, people are going to want to talk to. We just got to figure out how to do it. Yeah, it's pretty fascinating. So um, what can a company expect if they if they install this sort of thing? Uh, are they going to lay off the majority of their people? Or are they going to only lay off that bottom 20 percent? I mean, what, what do you think is going to happen? Right, so we haven't really been in a case where we've had anybody with layoffs. We're usually filling holes in the organization. There's 100 seats there. They may only have 60 working. They need 40 additional right now. Now, over time, just like every call center and every business, you know, the weaker people are usually either trained or, or, or coached. And if not, unfortunately, you have to replace them. And yeah, they could be replaced by AI and now allow a company instead to focus on getting more closers, which is higher revenue. But Joel, here's the other side. Well, now you got more sales, which usually means you have more customer service. So guess where our AI goes into next? Yeah. So now you can grow sales. And sometimes they're like, wait, I can't, I got to stop. I got to get more customer service people. Not anymore. We can grow and actually schedule growth during the peaks of a company's business. And if things slow down, we bring it down too. So there's no long-term high-end cost that you got to be stuck with. We even have a client that said, hey, look, the last two weeks of December, I need to be paused. I don't need it at all. We said, okay. Why not? Yeah, so we're very, very flexible. We want to make sure that we're really complementing what a uh, company's strategy is and not hindering it. And so companies, they feed in their own data into the machine, right? They feed yes. in their own uh, Q&A. Uh, they feed in their own uh, customer lists or prospect lists, whatever they yep. want. You're just providing the smartness of the system. That's that's it? Our, our smart. There's a couple of things we do. So A, we have the technology, of course. We have a few great salespeople uh, here in the organization that sometimes we'll look at how a client is doing a prospecting today and sales today. And we're, we're all, we're all uh, I'd say, guilty of this. You have something that works, you kind of leave it alone, forget about it. But then somebody comes in and may give it another idea. Well, here's the great thing about AI. We could run Mr. Client script and then, hey, I got a few ideas, Mr. Client. Let's run mine at the same time. Run two AIs simultaneous, knowing they're consistent and what we call A-B tested, right? right see right. the difference. And we can have different answers to rebuttals. Over time, the AI gets very intelligent. For example, if I'm calling somebody in the Midwest, I may talk a little differently. Then if I'm talking in New York or somebody wants to talk really fast, I just get to the point and get done right now. 
and then other things that are right in the middle. So our AI over time starts to pick up a different habits. And we have 800 data points that we tie in. For example, if there's a tornado in Oklahoma, should you be calling people in Oklahoma right now? Probably not. But hey, there's a blizzard in New York. They still have power. Moms are stuck at home. Let's give them a call. They could probably use a break. So there's a lot of other data points and external data that's never been used for on how we dial, when we dial, and then obviously the conversation and which voice or voices we may use. This is this is really extraordinary. You know, has anybody said that uh, these kind of calls are creepy at all? No, it's the funniest thing is if I send you a recording and say, hey, here's our AI and I send it to you, you're going to listen to it and go, yeah, that sounds like AI for sure. So we used to have, a, and we still do to a lot of our clients is, hey, look, let's do a thousand call challenge. I'm going to turn it on. I'm going to dial a thousand dials. And let's see if anybody can figure out it's an AI. And probably one out of every five to 7,000 figures out we're an AI. Uh, some clients up front like to sit, tell an individual, hey, listen, we are an AI. And by the way, Joel, some people are starting to prefer it. If I give a quick wait, example. Wait a second. You're saying one out of 5,000 people figures it out? More or less. Yeah, maybe 7,000. Wow. Yeah, it's very rare. Very rare. Wow. That's, uh, yeah. that's amazing. So what are what are some other applications for this besides besides sales and customer service? Are there are there other great applications? Oh, tons! Um, a doctor's offices with appointment reminders. Hey, Mr. Client, you have an appointment tomorrow. Can you make it? Yes, great. If not, you want to talk to somebody. And right now, we transfer them to a scheduling individual who, instead of now making all these calls to confirm appointments, is only handling calls to reschedule. So they're you know much more efficient and handling a lot more what they need to do. Um, how about you know reminders to patients that did they take their meds that day, like wellness checks? It's not just sales, but we really want to focus on the outbound uh, components in our industry today because inbound's kind of easy. You know, if you call a bank, it's I lost my credit card. What's my balance? You know, it's four or five things. When you do an outbound sales call. You just don't know what people are going to say, what questions they're going to have. Over time, you know the top ten or twenty, but it's a lot more exciting for us. So out, here's out, another. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Out, outbound messaging is much more broad than sales. This is not just selling. No, I mean, not at is, all. Yeah, this not is all. this is much more broad. I can I can hear it. Wow. How about this? Could just call in your clients and see how they're doing. Maybe doing a survey. I mean, we've all got those email surveys. You click buttons, but how much more personal is like, hey Joel, I see you're a client, and you know here's some of our products and features we're developing, and we'd love to get some of your input. And to be able to get that uh, information quickly, how about in the when the uh, we're running for office, all the different politicians, and they want to do surveys to all the constituents to see what platforms they're on or what do they support? There's a lot of cases, but here's one that really surprised us: um, in a uh, a client that's in a vertical uh, that has to deal with collecting debt, you know, clients that are behind on their bills, we're actually finding when people are knowing that they're talking to a bot, if you will, or an AI, compared to a person. Kind of lets you down, right? Maybe I'm a little embarrassed. Joel, look, you know, I lost my job. I know I owe you 10 grand. You know, it's a little awkward to talk about, but when it's an automated system, people are much more comfortable and they don't have to go into the whole story and the excuses are like, yeah, I lost my job. I can't make any payments. I need a month or two. Okay, we'll call you back, right? Nice, a lot easier. We take a lot of that stress out of some of those type of phone calls too. Yeah, and there's no stigma attached to it. And there's no, uh, you know, the person isn't yelling at them or harassing them or, uh, and they also, you know, as far as companies go, um, the AI, there's a lot more control that people don't say the wrong thing. And we're in a world where if you say the wrong thing, it could be very damaging. Joel, you just said the number one reason why clients like us is compliance. Compl yeah. They're like, it's going to stick to the script. It's not going to say the F word. It's not going to lose its cool. When I start out in the morning going, good morning, this is Brian. How are you? At five o'clock at night, it's still good. Good afternoon. This is Brian. How are you? It doesn't lose that 
man, it's four o'clock. I need a coffee. They're like what? Right. So yeah. that's a great so, thing about the AI. It, and so it never stops. It's going eight hours a day, no breaks, no lunches. It's just going. As, as I'm listening to this, I'm, I'm thinking there, there have to be other systems. I mean, I, I get calls from doctor's offices or I get texts from doctor's offices. I get, I mean, I don't get all the things that you're describing and yours is kind of a, a more comprehensive package, but What's the difference? How do you compete with other companies that do similar things? Because there must be companies that do similar things. Oh, absolutely. There are systems that say, hi, I'm calling from Dr. So-and-so's office. Da, 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 da. Here's an appointment reminder. If you want to talk to somebody, press one. You know, those systems do exist. Okay, great. So, that, so that's a basic system. And then we, politicians use that. So what is your dialing sometimes or automated okay. dialing? Yeah. So what does yours do that's the next level beyond what we're all used to? So when you get that call right away, you know, it's a system and you're probably half listening. You probably hang up, even if it is your doctor appointment. Right. And even if you wanted to, a lot of people just don't engage where we're going to start off by probably saying, hi, Joel, this is Brian. How are you today? Well, just like a person would do. I'm doing great. Glad to hear it. I just want to let you know the reason for my call instead of, hi, Joel, I'm calling up for Dr. So-and-so's office. I'm trying to sell you health insurance. And I go on for two minutes, just talking and talking. And most people just hang up on those. We want to be engaging, polite, respectful right from the beginning and truly conversational, a term, I believe, that's just used too much in AI. You hear conversational AI all the time, and half the time it's not. Let me give you another quick example. Let's say I have you on the phone, Joel, and I say, you know, what's your name? Joel. And then I go, what's your date of birth? And you give it to me. And I just, I start like doing an interview style where I'm just asking questions. I'm getting answers, but I'm not acknowledging you. Hey, Joel, what's your address? One, two, three, Main Street. Thank you, Joel. Appreciate that, right? To acknowledge that you just gave me some information. Thank you. And that little extra step, that little extra piece of treating a person like a person's huge. By the way, Joel, do you know how many people don't do that? Our AI is better than people sometimes in acknowledging people, handling a rebuttal and coming back. Have you ever worked with salespeople who handle a rebuttal and then there's a silence? You know, where are you calling from? XYZ. You know, the AI go XYZ. So the reason for my, you know, like continues the conversation and pushes it forward. Well, the other thing is then uh, it must record this. Uh, no one's writing it down or typing it into a computer. So it must be, uh, uh, you know, digitally voice recognized or something and, and going into some kind of a database. And that's another awesome thing that's got to be happening. Yeah, they call this an STT engine sometimes, a speech to text. So just like if you pick up your cell phone, whether it's Android or Apple, and you talk to it and you see your text message fill out, right? It's the same type of concept where we're, we're taking that voice, we're converting it into text, then the zeros and ones. And then it hits our AI system to figure out what's that response. Now, when we're not on the phone and we're actually speaking to it, like on the computer, because VoIP adds a little bit of latency, our average response time is the 20th of a blink of an eye. Five milliseconds is our average response time. You know, that's a good question because, you know, cadence is one of the ways people know that there's something wrong. Like if a human being doesn't have the right cadence, there's something like it's it's awkward, like an awkward, like a... And, and there are some people who have better sense about this and some people don't have great sense about this, but uh, computers don't have any sense about it. So how do you build something to have natural cadence? Probably the hardest thing we had to do is what we would call the latency issue. Um, the reason that we had to develop our own AI and our own VoIP switch, et cetera, is, and again, on an inbound customer service call, if, I, if you said, hey, I lost my credit card, I said, well, let me look up your information. You're used to that being a delay for a customer to get on the computer and, and click away and do their thing. So the latency doesn't affect that conversation near as much as if I call and ask, how are you? And you say, great, how are you? And then I go, I'm fine. Thanks for asking, right? <laughs> you can't have it. 
So the well, that's, what, that's what I'm saying is that some kinds of questions, it's okay for there to be a delay. And by the way, uh, when, when a person uh, gives an answer, is there like a little typing sound that, that happens so that the person, you we install don't clients ask for it. We don't have it active on any of our systems. We have that ability. Absolutely. You know, just like, you know, whatever, but we, for the most part, don't do that. We don't have the background call center noise. We actually found our best result is when a client, the client doesn't feel like somebody's in a call center. They feel like they have more of your attention. Right. Sure. Uh, but you know, we have had clients that ask for it and we have what we call the background noise uh, option available. Of course. This is, this is pretty amazing. I mean, so tell us about some of the companies that you've seen, uh, that uh, that do not have this kind of technology. What are they doing? What are, what, like what are, what's the old way? You know that that's what happening that? in, in our in our time now. I mean, not thirty years ago, but what's happening right now that that you think needs to stop happening? So, unfortunately, those offshore call centers in various countries sometimes those results again for the customer themselves. If you call that customer service line or to change a plane ticket or to call your bank, and they're in another country, and especially when we had COVID. And listen, everybody has to work and make a living. We got to respect and understand that. But unfortunately, how many times did you call that call center because of COVID was closed down? So you have agents in a third world country working from home. You waited on hold for an hour and a half. And then you get them on the phone and, hi, my name is Brian. How are you doing today? But you don't want to hang up and have another hour and a half wait. And that's a horrible, horrible experience. So what we're, we're trying to do is working with what they call BPOs or offshore call centers to show that our technology uh, can probably help augment what they're doing today, but with a much better customer experience. We didn't want to do something that would save money, but not, not be as good. We wanted to be much better than a typical call center agent, whether in the United States or offshore or nearshore. And that's what we set out to accomplish. It took us three years. Um, and we incorporated our company just last year when Jimmy and I kind of figured it out. But the biggest thing is we had to come up with a whole new way of how AI uh, interprets conversations. Proprietary um, uh, patent, you know, we already got a provisional patent on one piece of it. We're working on the rest of them. But it's a very unique, uh, non it's, again, brand new technology on how we process conversations that makes that speed that quickly. It's, it's, it's quite amazing. I mean, the whole, the whole thing is, uh, is, is pretty uplifting to, to kind of think about this. You know, what um, What about domestically? I mean, are, are companies, do they still have phone rooms? I mean, I remember years ago that I was inside of a Fortune 500 company and they had phone rooms of people calling, selling subscriptions or selling whatever they were selling. Does that still exist in companies or is this all being taken over by technology? So there is actually a lot of very large call centers in the United States. Now, some of them are spread out and distributed where they may have 200 agents there, 500 agents there. Um, you know, ProAmerica, which is one of the largest call centers in the world, still has a huge U.S. Uh, presence. And we're actually speaking with a lot of them about how to implement or license our technology for their client base. You know, some large banks have 12 to 15,000 agents in the States. Now, a lot of them have moved offshore for cost savings, but it's still a huge, huge piece. Uh, we're working with another company that has home-based agents for clients. They've got, I think it's something like 75,000 agents that work from home in the United States. So yeah, it's a huge, huge opportunity and growing, by the way, it hasn't gone down. Um, it's actually increasing because a lot of people still like to talk on the phone and you're correct. We still have to have, you know, the other channel supported, but the phone is still a key way. You know, when you're really frustrated, you want to get somebody on the phone. Does, does, this, uh, does this system or, you know, your technology allow for order taking? In other words, uh, okay, I want to get one of this, like, let's say you call takeout food. I want this, 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 and this. But okay, I just took your order. And here's what it says. You ordered this, 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 this. Uh, here's your total. 
Can we charge a credit card on file or out of whatever it says? You know, I mean, does it have the ability to do order taking? We haven't had a client that had that need, but we have done outbound calls for a client that has a CBD product. It's kind of like a, a monthly subscription model. Where we're actually able to call the client, explain the product or service, take all the information, verify that card is Visa, MasterCard, or Amex or Discover. As you know, they have different digits. Yeah. Uh, charge until let's say authorized.net, get a response that the card was good, and then take it and then add what they would call RPA, which is another uh, skill set that we're kind of tying into, to now take that order and send it out to be shipped. So we're actually doing the, rem- the robotic process automation also for some of these clients. So we got the order. Let's help you push it through the channel and make it much more efficient. So what's happening to companies' net employee count? Are, are, are counts dropping or are people being elevated to more important jobs that technology can't do yet? What we're seeing with, with the clients we have thus far is there's so many holes in the organization. They need all the people they still have. Now, I will tell you, sometimes I'm like, listen, I got a couple of agents I don't even want to have here anymore. They only show up three days a week and they smell bad or whatever it is. But if I get rid of them, I don't know if I could replace them. So yeah, there's always in any company, we have hundreds of people. It's natural. There'll be a few people you probably want to, to get rid of. It's just going to happen. But for the most part, the, the people that you have are just being elevated to other positions like you talk about. Yeah. You know, especially some of the government regulation, you know, with the uh, increase in minimum wage and other kinds of uh, regulatory uh, issues about uh, breaks and unions and different kinds of things. And this is not positive or negative about all those things, but it certainly gives uh, companies a reason to think about alternatives. And so, Absolutely. you know, are, are they thinking about are they thinking about some of those background issues in your experience? A hundred percent. But here's the other thing, Joel. If I hire somebody, I have to have them work, let's say, an eight hour day. A typical person needs those eight hours. But we've had clients where we did, we determined very quickly within a week or two, sometimes of running, that there shouldn't be running eight hours a day. Let me give you an example. We have a B two B client that's in a uh, service where they're looking for franchisees for like a roofing company, air conditioning company, home based services. And we realized that if we called seven to nine, we had a good response, but nine to 11 was none. Then 11 to one was good. Then one to three was horrible, but then four to six was great. Well, how are you going to hire someone and say, come in for two hours, go home for two hours, come back for two hours, go home for two hours. So you wind up having them work all eight hours. They're calling on times when they know they're not going to have a result, but they're paying that individual, which means now you're burning leads and you're missing opportunities with our DISA. We can work eight hours a day, or in this case, two hours on, two hours off, two hours on, two hours off to get a better penetration, better response rate on the data. Wow. And, <laughs> and what's amazing is that, you know, because of the digital tracking, you get perfect reporting too. Bingo. Oh, here's the other great thing. How about this? Hey, I want to say everybody, whenever today on the phone, if anybody asks what color is the sky, I want everybody to say dark blue. And everybody will start doing that. But then a few minutes they're doing light blue, blue, they forget. And so you don't know if that idea worked. But because the AI is consistent, and you program that in there, it's going to say that every time. And you can try light blue, dark blue, you know, blue, clear, whatever, and actually see different results very quickly, usually within a few days. Uh, it's volume of phone calls that we need uh, to really get these differences. So the great thing is I, I've had so many clients like, I always wanted to try this. I always wanted to test this, but my people are all over the place. Well, now you can. Well, let's talk, let's talk, let's shift gears. Let's talk about you going public and, you know, really making a big splash. I mean, what's, what's the plan? Can you talk about it publicly about what your plan is and what, what you want to do in the future? Absolutely. We're in, uh, the part we can talk about is that we're looking for some acquisitions, some key acquisitions that'll definitely tie in with our technology. 
Uh, we're kind of backwards. Most people in this space like to say they're a tech company first. I really like to say we're a sales empowerment organization first. We're using technology to push the, thing, the, the ball to the next level. And, and, our, and our product roadmap is, is amazing. But, you know, for example, to get email a little better, maybe there's a guy with an email platform that we could tie into our platform. So we have some key AI acquisitions. Uh, we've identified nine. Uh, we have letters of intent on a few. And we just needed that cash to be able to bring them in and to accelerate our growth. We feel it's a, la a land grab opportunity. So the quicker we get more capital in, the more we could hire more salespeople. And of course, now, of course, because it's such a new tool and product, the handholding with clients to make sure they get the full use of it and, and it's working for them. It's a little bit handholding. So we really want to make sure that we have that inside sales support for each of our customers. And there's nobody who's done it before. So every time we hire somebody, we have to train them and it takes time. So that's kind of our, our push. And we're very excited about the opportunity and that much I could tell you. What? Um... Hold on a second. Take your time. Let me understand, uh, what are your investment bankers telling you about how to position yourself? You talk about being sales and element, uh, you know, versus technology. Which one of your, is your investment banker, uh, you know, advisors? What are they telling you to do? How to how to position yourself? It's all about being in the AI space with the RPA being developed, you know, which is obviously going to be the future. Not a big term, but I think by the end of the year, just like AI was the big term last year, I think RPA will be the, the next. What, what is term. RPA? Robot, robotic process automation. Oh, got it. Yeah. So basically taking uh, software-based bots to uh, handle what humans usually do. So for example, let's say I take an order and I handed it to you and now you got to take it and type it into the system. Well, why do that? We already have all the data. There's an API or maybe there's another way that we could do. This is usually for legacy systems that may not have APIs, right? And, and I'm explaining this, you know, overly simplified, but we can actually take a lot of processes uh, to help with the AI together to really make an organization so much more efficient. Right. So, so you're, really talking about, you're, you're talking about incredible efficiencies, but the investment bankers, they're telling you to focus on the technology, the AI, the RPA, Absolutely. not the sales enablement part, right? No, no, yeah. they don't like that. I just, I'm still going to stick to that. But yeah, they say AI, AI. Yeah. That's where the multiples are. That's where the excitement is. Yeah. Um, you know, sales is sometimes just not as uh, noble as a profession as I think it should be. For example, you can't go get a college degree for sales, right? You get an MBA, you get this. And really, should be some colleges that give you sales degrees because it's a it's it is an art, and it's something I think people should learn. So I'm proud to say that we're a sales enablement company for sure. Well, I, listen, I I love sales too, um, but I, I agree with the investment bankers and what I think the audience needs to hear. All of the senior executives who run companies that listen to our show is that uh, the positioning about being technology driven is is the that that's the engine behind your company is critically important because it increases EBITDA, it increases multipliers, it includes increases everything. And, uh, and that's really the way to go. So, you know, um, the promise of our show is really about delivering the inside track, the best, smartest, fastest way to get something done. And uh, you have clearly shown us how uh, AI can be applied in a, in a very cool way, how this whole RPA thing is evolving. Uh, you know, and, and anytime somebody keeps the promise, we call those people advantage players. And yeah. uh, you certainly have, uh, have done that. And you're an advantage player. We appreciate you being with us. You, you've shared some really interesting concepts and, and I appreciate it. Appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me, Mr. Joel. Well, thanks for being with us. You've been listening to Profit from the Inside with Joel Block. For more insights and to learn more, visit joelblock.com. Hey. 
How about a shout out and a huge thanks to our podcast show producer, David Wolf, and the team at Audavita Studios. Profit from the inside wouldn't be possible without these wonderful professionals. To learn more or to find out how you can launch and produce your own podcast show, reach out to www.audavita.com. That's A-U-D-I-V-I-T-A.com. Produced by Audavita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.